This is a Showbile podcast. Welcome back to the Bucks on Nuts podcast, episode three, presented by Showbile Media. We're a little bit lost today. We don't have our boy, Tyler Demra, our host, the main man. He's enjoying some time with his family. I hope he's having a great Easter, but we're going to roll here without him right now. I am Dylan Kelly, the young buck of the young buck bets, but more importantly of the Bucks on Nux podcast, baby. And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Stewie J. Stewie J, how are you, brother? Not too bad. I heard that uh, somebody called me the man, the myth, the legend in uh, the Bucks on Nux Instagram comments. Was that you? No, it wasn't. I, oh, wasn't I'm so tired. I must have done it. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw it on the Bucks on Knox Instagram, and I thought, you know what? That is perfect. Every time I introduce this guy, if I ever have to, it's going to be the man, the myth, the legend, Stewie J. Right on. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of things we want to talk about. There was a UFC last night. I didn't really watch it. There's the MLB. There's the NHL. But more importantly, it is the NBA playoffs right now. The play-in tournament is all done. Everyone's locked and loaded. There's games going on as we record right now. There's a lot of things going on here. Did you see the Celtics versus the Nets game earlier today? What a game. Dude, what a game. I had the over just a little. I mean, we're a gambling-centric podcaster. I had the over in that game. I believe it was 224 and a half. At halftime, they were on pace for like one or 250. They really slowed down. It barely hit, dude. It barely hit. I was sweating, screaming at my TV, hoping that it was going to hit. The best part of that game was uh, Kyrie went into a hostile environment there in TD Garden. And uh, a lot of guys that uh, get that backlash from former teams and stuff, they usually try and ignore it. And you don't see anything. Kyrie, the complete opposite. It didn't it, it didn't get to his head because he performed unreal. But um, Man, he was giving, he was give, flipping the birds and stuff. I don't know if you saw like the behind the scenes, like fans' videos and stuff like that. But he, he was, uh, he was in the moment for sure. Oh yeah, that is stuff that I actually love to see too as a fan. Like I always think it's funny. Guy goes back and he was hated in Boston, right? If he went back and was trying to show any type of respect, I would hate that. If the fans are disrespecting you, flip them the bird. Do whatever you want to do, and that kind of parlays me into my first point here. Patrick Beverly. Gets fined $30,000 for in an interview saying uh, about the Clippers. Oh, the, Pat Beverly, what were you uh, saying to the Clippers? I said, take they ass home, was the quote. $30,000 fine. So is it is it for ass? I guess ass got him the fine. Is, is it the word or is it just like uh, some sort of, they want to fine him for disrespect or something? That's what I'm saying. I didn't understand what the fine was. And that the fact that it was a massive fine made no sense to me. That should have been... Not even a slap on the wrist. He should be like almost awarded for saying something like that. It shows he's got competitive spirit. He holds a grudge. It's Patrick Beverly. He's been like this his whole career. Like, who, I think that was awesome. Do you not want any competitive spirit in the NBA? Like, what's going on here? Exactly. What was the fine? I believe it was $30,000. So that's kind of crazy because in the NHL, the max fine is 5000 So you can, uh, like Tom Wilson almost killed... Artemi Panarin last year got a 5k fine <laughs> and then Patrick Beverly says take the ass home in an interview catches a $35,000 fine that's insane it was absolutely brutal I love to see it uh he put his like Venmo out on on his Twitter and his Instagram was like, if anybody wants to help me pay this fine go ahead and send me the money almost like uh 
what was it, Ryan Hartwell with the Vander Kane there? Hartman, yeah, Ryan <laughs> yeah, Hartman. Ryan Hartman with the Vander Kane. It was the same kind of thing. He's like, you know what? If anybody wants to help me pay this fine, I hope people did jump in. I didn't. I hope people jumped in and donated and helped them pay that fine. Because like you said, what was if you get fined $30,000 for saying ass, that's that's ridiculous, man. Like that is it wasn't even on live TV or nothing. He's got he's got to pull the um. Remember the Marshawn Lynch? I'm just here so I won't get fined. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Next presser, if he doesn't pull something like that, I'm just here so I don't get fined. That would be awesome. But knowing the NBA, they'd fine him 25k just for saying that, just for just for saying anything negative about anyone in the league. Do they play tonight? Uh, I don't think so. I believe it's just all that's left right now is the Bucks versus uh, the Bulls here and then the Suns versus the Pelicans. I believe those are the only games that are going on. He was uh, right. Minnesota played yesterday and they actually looked unbelievable. Pat Beverly was the leader of the team. He looked great again in that game, but it's just the Bucks uh, versus the Bulls right now and the Pelicans versus the Suns later on tonight speaking of ball yesterday though Stewie did you watch that Raptors game yeah I did unfortunately but um just for context uh we're recording this on Sunday and this is gonna be on Monday so true true so yesterday just for the listeners but yes yesterday that uh that Raptors game was a, a little bit of a that was game one um didn't come out nice and dude not looking good for game two I think Thad Young Scotty Barnes and yep I think they're all doubtful. Trent Jr. is doubtful too. Which if you lose, you could deal with losing Thaddeus Young. Like whatever, I get it. He's a good depth piece, but you could lose. You like you can get away with losing him. Scotty Barnes is kind of the heart and soul of the team, I thought, yesterday. He kind of ran the show. He had the most energy. He pr- probably looked the best of anyone on the floor. Gary Trent Jr., we were texting last night. Trent Jr. was in shambles. Mm-hmm. Shambles yesterday. Couldn't hit a shot. So maybe he was dealing with something coming into the game. I don't really know. I don't remember seeing a play where I thought Trent Jr. got hurt. No, I didn't. But he was. There was like a couple plays where he was like holding a leg or an arm. I can't remember. They um, Jack Armstrong pointed out on the broadcast like a one-two time. But I can't. Uh, I don't know what it was. I should. I should have done my research before the show. But I don't. I don't even know what the injury like. Why he's out? To be honest. No. I didn't, I didn't see why he was out either, but uh, I, I don't even know if they said it. I just know they said that they were all doubtful. I don't know if they said I know Scotty Barnes is quite obvious. He sprained his ankle. Joel Embiid stepped on him by accident, rolled his ankle. But uh, yeah. I that's kind of a tough one, too, with a big ankle sprain. You're playing every other day. You don't even know if he's going to get back for the series, man. Like He might wake up tomorrow and still not be able to put much weight on it, and if that's the case, he may be gone for the whole series. He had to get carried off, too. I know he wasn't putting weight on it. Right? It's usually... It was more than just like a simple rolled ankle where you're hurting a lot right off the bat, but then like it takes a few minutes, you walk it off. You might be sore for the next day or so. It's more than that. I don't yep. think he's playing tomorrow. I, um, I hope we can extend it somehow, but it's not looking it's not looking great. Um, Shaq said before the series, did you hear when Shaq said uh, we're going to get swept? I did. I did. I was going to say, I was ready to come on here, even if we lost game one and say, there's no way we're getting swept. That was just uh, biased American media. But uh, after we have three salt, like really good rotation players, guys that all three of them, even Thad puts up uh, or, or gets significant minutes every night. Um, and three of them probably most likely will not be playing tomorrow. So we're going to have to make do with what we have. But I don't know if we could, if, if we came out like that last night with a full squad, I don't know. 
Uh, that was yeah, that was real tough watching. It was a twenty point loss. I believe the final score for the 76ers was one thirty one to one eleven. It's a tough loss all around. Watching the game, it's a guy had a decently big bet placed on the Raptors, which I don't really want to talk about. I mean, just straight up money line because I thought they were going to come out firing. They had just beat Philly a few times in the regular season, but you see it with good teams in any sport. Philly has a couple good guys, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, dude. That kid is younger than me, dude. I was going to say- I'm the yeah. youngest one on the show, and he's younger than me by a month, I think, and man, oh man, that kid went nuts. He's quick, and he's crafty, and he can shoot, too. So, oh my God, and he has the confidence to pull up from anywhere as a young kid. He almost got 40, you know? Yeah, I think I think it was 36 or 38 at the, at the end of the game there. He put up like 23 in one quarter. This guy was going- off man I didn't like it one bit I will give a little bit of credit I'm a a longtime overdrive listener so TSN 1050 I listen to overdrive they had a guy on about a month ago when they made that James Harden Ben Simmons trade right a couple months ago now actually like six weeks he said because they were like what do you think that Philly just kind of traded away their whole bench like they don't have much people off their bench and blah blah blah. this guy's on there and he's like uh people are gonna find out who Tyrese Maxey is nobody knows him yet and I'm telling you right now, this kid is special. And the first game of the playoffs, what does that guy do? Show up. Great call. I don't know who it was that was on overdrive that said that. Great call by that guy. And you got to almost just tip your hat when a guy goes off. A rookie, basically, goes off for 36 or 38 in his first ever playoff game. Yeah, that kid's going to be an insane player for them. And, um, I mean, that's like secondary scoring for them even. So, it's really... It doesn't look good from a Raptors point of view when a guy like that is is killing you. No. Uh, because you could shut down and beat all you want, and you can shut down Harden all you want. And they didn't even have, to, like technically didn't even have the greatest of games, but Maxi went off, um, Tobias Harris went off. Yep. Um, yeah, the secondary scoring really stepped up, and yeah, it was, it was uh, oh, and a big thing was the ball protection from the Sixers. They, I think they had one turnover, two turnovers to finish the game. Insane. As you say, that and on top of it, I understand the Raptors play basically positionless basketball, everybody's 6'9", whatever, but the rebounding was a massive factor, especially early. It was like Philadelphia was getting every defensive rebound, and they were also getting majority of the offensive boards too, and that's just tough, man. You got to claw back in. You got to get some second chance points, especially like you say, if you're not getting points off the turnover, it was, it was, really, uh, it was really tough to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah, and we're I think we're the best offensive rebounding team in the league now yep. in this regular season. So, I that's why I was going to come in here. I, like I said, um, I'm not scared. I'm not. Well, I'm worried, but I wasn't going to be like totally scared, even if we lost game one, because it was like you know, eventually the Sixers are going to they're going to start turning the ball over. We're going to start getting our boards. We got Scotty Barnes. He's going to start getting our boards. But now he's hurt. Now I'm like, okay, I think Barnes gets. Most of our offensive rebounds. He does. There and Thad Young's another tall piece, too, that we lost, too. Like, it's going to be tough. Well, and Thad Young, even just his veteran presence and calming everybody down on the bench and the sidelines and doing this and that, and then coming in, and he's always, since he's been here, he's just given a steady play, right? Just constant steady play from Thad Young. He can hit a three when you need him to. He can take it to the lane. Like you say, he's a bigger body that can grab some rebounds, and it's going without him. But speaking of Shaq, I know you brought him up right at the start. I have always liked Shaq. I always thought Shaq was good. But at the same point, I heard a take from him, that take where the the Raptors getting swept. I didn't like that take. I don't think it's real. I think the Raptors, even with a shorthanded lineup, are going to take one at home. But 
the the take that Shaq, I don't I gotta get I don't know if you heard this one that I was kind of out on him was that he was saying you know people uh, didn't th- or think that I or so, he was saying something along the lines that he was the modern day like he was Giannis onto the Kumbo before Giannis was in the league. He's like, I was the first ever big man that was mobile, that could shoot a three and do this. And as soon as I heard him say that he thinks that when he played, he looked like Giannis or played like Giannis, is that is that not unbelievably stupid to you? Are you sure he wasn't joking? No, he was dead serious in this interview. <laughs> like, given the interview, being like, yeah, I could go, I could step back, I could hit the odd three, I could do this. And it was like, dude, they called you the hack shack because they thought that they could just send you to the line and it wouldn't even do, it wouldn't take any points. You couldn't hit a free throw. You couldn't hit a three to save your life. What do you mean you were the <laughs> like you were the first ever Giannis? As soon as I heard that take and then shortly after heard the Raptors getting swept take, I was out on Shaq very quickly. Really? I'd have to watch that qu- clip. I can't believe that's not a joke. I think Shaq does a very good job at uh he says things that he's joking completely but says them so straight faced that you almost think he's serious. Oh, maybe I got duped. Yeah, maybe you got tubed, but I don't know. Send me that clip if you can find it after the show. That's insane. I will. I will. I'll have to send it, and I'll let you be the judge. You may end up telling me that I'm stupid because I just <laughs> I'm falling for the old Shaq tricks. But when I heard that take, I was out on Shaq big time. If that's actually true, but there was the big set uh, Celtics and Nets thriller here that just happened today on Sunday. Final buzzer beating basket from Jason. Tatum. I think that was a monster game. I think this is going to be the best series to watch, maybe in the whole playoffs. Yeah, it, it might go seven, at least six, I'd say. Man, I think the Nets should have won that game. They had some just defensive breakdowns, a few like transition baskets that were just way too easy for the Celtics. They should have won that game, especially with Kyrie hitting those clutch shots. Like They were up the whole fourth quarter pretty much, you know what I'm saying? They had a narrow lead, mind you, but the Celtics didn't even take a timeout there. They nope. just ran it. They had a timeout. They could have taken. Yep. And they just ran the ball. We're like, we're getting this done. Well, I was going to say, and it was it was kind of like a broken play. I thought Buddy was going to pop the three, and then I thought when he stepped in, he was going to shoot, fed it to Tatum for the spin in the bucket with no time. It was like, it was awesome, especially to see it in TD Garden. They were all fired up. The whole crowd goes wild. The announcer's going crazy. It was like, oh, yeah, baby, playoff basketball has arrived. Like, this is awesome. I loved it. Yeah. TD Garden is uh, probably my favorite place to watch basketball on TV. It looks the best on TV there and uh, in Philly, to be honest. I like watching the Philly games. Uh, I don't know what it is about the lighting and the courts, but I don't know. I just love watching games in Philly, and I love watching games in in Boston. And then, obviously, at Scotiabank Arena here in Toronto because that's our boys. Boston and Philly, they definitely got the fans that get the juices pumping. Yeah, we know know how you feel about Philly fans, though. I was just about to say, Philly, just the only thing is, is they're just filled with scumbags. I got people (laughs) on that Instagram post still saying, oh, it's a team, like, don't scratch Keith Yandel, or like, you have to scratch Keith Yandel, let the young guys play. Like, Keith Yandel would have been the only player of all time to play a thousand straight games. Don't tell me about Oh, it's about the logo on the front. You got a dog shit team. I couldn't believe that somebody was in there. I don't want to transition to baseball before we get all the NBA stuff out of the way. But speaking of the logo on the front of the jersey, how about the Dodgers yanking Kershaw after seven perfect innings? Dude, you hear the post-game interview with the manager? I, di- I didn't hear his post-game presser. I just heard Well, Kershaw. he said pretty much exactly that. He's like, well, the you know, the Dodgers fans, uh, we're, we're here to 
they want to see the team win. You know, it's not all about uh, watching a record go down or a good game go down or Kershaw about the pitcher. It's about they want to see the Dodgers win. And I felt uh, taking them out. I'll roll the clip. I'll roll the clip. But it was pretty much like uh, the team matters more than the guy. But, dude, he's, he said, we're trying to win a World Series here or something like that. He's like, we need to win games. It's like, dude, you're the Dodgers. You're going to win 100 games anyways, dude. It doesn't matter. Even if he was to shake this one, I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine. A hundred percent. The fact that he even brought in about the fans want to see a world or want to see a win. You just robbed the fans of seeing history, dude. If I was a fan that bought a ticket to that game and, you know, say it was with the Jays and Jose Brios had a perfect game and I saw Charlie Montoyo's dumbass coming out to the mound in the seventh inning, I'd be booing him. I'd be booing. I would be so mad. You just robbed me of watching history. But a crazy stat about this, there's been two pitchers Two pitchers in history that have been pulled in the midst of a perfect game. Both by the Dodgers, both by the same manager, Rich Hill in 2016, Clayton Kershaw in 2022. The same manager pulled them when they both had a perfect game. This is this guy, at least at one, at least he's consistent, I guess, but that is just horseshit, man. 80 pitches, and this guy's a veteran. How many starts does Clayton Kershaw have where he's thrown over 80 pitches in his career? Uh, unlimited, too many to count. But dude, that that's crazy. I didn't hear that stat. That's nuts. Yeah, there's been two people ever, both by the Dodgers, both pulled by the same manager. I'm pretty sure the Rich Hill one was in the playoffs, or it could have even been in the World Series in 2016. They pulled Rich Hill while he had a perfect game. Two players all time, the same manager getting the hook. I absolutely hate that. I hate that, man. You know what it is? It's in baseball. It kind of sucks that was oh how can we make our game more inclusive for how can we make everyone want to watch it maybe let the superstars do superstar type shit like throw a perfect game when they have one like <laughs> exactly that sucks for kershaw because he's kind of on the decline it's tough to say but um he might not get a chance to ever do that again no a hundred percent and after the game he's like oh you know blame it on blame it on the short spring training and I only threw 70 pitches in a simulated game before this, and I didn't have the arm. You've been pitching in the majors for like 10 years, dude. You have the arm strength to get six more outs. No questions asked. You have the arm strength to get six more outs, and guess what? If you're a little tired, it is game. it was like game seven of the regular season. You can miss a start and have about nine, like 19 days off with a day off mixed in there and be fine to go out for your next start. If you think that you're going to get Tommy John from throwing over 80 pitches, then you shouldn't be in the league anyways. Like you're too old to be playing. Yes, <laughs> it's just I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it. I was so mad the next when when I because it was a late game. I woke up and I saw what had happened, and I was like, "This guy did it again. He pulled another pitcher with a perfect game." I could not. I could not believe it. It was just I. I don't know. Like I said, the fans in LA, I know you're going to see a lot of wins. You're going to see a lot of good stuff this year. You should feel robbed that you didn't just get to see a perfect game because I honestly think 80 pitches, he would have probably done it. Probably. I don't know. Speak, And you know, actually, one last little point on that. Here's a question that I'll pose to you. If that was Max Scherzer, you think Max Scherzer lets the manager take the ball from him? He would have taken the ball and tossed it at the manager's head. He would have said, get your ass back in the dugout. I'm out here, and I'm going to pitch the rest. If the manager came to an in-between innings and said, you've thrown your 80, that's it. Max Scherzer would have lost his mind and been throwing right hooks, and he would have been right back out there on the mound. It kind of is a thing. 
to me where it's like, Clayton Kershaw, you're a veteran. You've been around long enough. I'm sure you can veto something that the manager is going to put in place. Max Scherzer would have done it. Clayton Kershaw, no balls on the kid. So after the Dodgers, we're going to transition over to the second best projected team in baseball, who the Blue Jays, they just 11 games into the season. So today on Sunday, they got to win and the Yankees lost, which means the Jays have hold on the first place spot in the AL East 11 games into the season. I think that they hold this first place spot in the AL East until game 162. I think there's no question in my mind that they're the best team in the AL East. The Yankees stink. The Yankees stink. (laughs) They couldn't even beat the Orioles in a series, dude. I hated watching these Yankees games. I had the overs. I had Yankees on the run line today, and they could not score. Stanton, Judge, and I I hate to say it because I love the guy, but Josh Donaldson, I I think they went hitless between them today. I think it was like 0 for 11 maybe between the three of them with like six strikeouts like against the Orioles. That is just horrible. The Yankees stink, but the Jays are holding the first place spot 11 games into the season. I think they're six and five now. I like where the Jays are sitting. They're having a little bit rough time with the rotation. Alec Manoa is one of the only one that looks great. Flatty Jr. swinging a hot bat. What'd you think of the three home run night the other night? I think it was an incredible, incredible night and a little hat trick went four for four too. Yeah. And it was off Garrett Cole too, which is just adds to the insanity of it. But He's been striking out, eh? Yep. Yeah. Him He's been striking and out a little bit more than I than that I'd uh, well more than I want to and more than I expected because he usually walks like just as much as he strikes out. Yeah, they were talking coming into spring about the Jays, you know, like a, a swing selection. This year, it's gotten way better. We put a lot of, of our team into swing selection this season. I don't know, man. I haven't seen it so far. I've seen Springer, Bichette, and Vladdy swing at some ugly pitches. I think they'll settle in. They'll figure it out. I'm not worried. It's unfair to say after Vlad, he's, he's hit five home runs. He's still batting probably like 300 or around there. Yep. So 11 games into the season. What is it even 11? I think they're, I think they're six and five after today's win. I thought they were five and four. Oh, is it five and four? I think, I think they right. played three nine games in. Yeah. They played three, three and four. So they may be 10. I think they played four against the Yankees, right? So they might be 10 games in. I might be wrong, but um, yeah, 10 games in. Around ten games in, not fair to, not fair to say anything's like looking too bad. But but the bats haven't been. Uh, they haven't really started hitting. We've seen flashes, but I know like game one was like an unreal comeback, and Vladdy's performance in New York was insane. But realistically, um, when this team starts actually hitting, it's going to be scary. Zach Collins has been uh, a little bright spot. That guy was came out of nowhere. Santiago Espinal, I thought is going to have a breakout year, and he's looking great. Yep. Um, Biggio might lose that spot, might lose that tandem spot there. He might be on the bench again this year, which uh, kind of sucks for him. But maybe there's like a, assuming Espinal like plays well like throughout the rest of the season, like maybe there's like a trade opportunity for Biggio. But I don't know. I like how the I like how the Blue Jays are looking. Me too. Uh, up and down the lineup, the rotation needs to something needs to happen there. Not not no moves or any like transactions of any sort, but I mean like something uh, needs to turn around there but i think they'll figure it out manoa looks really good he's the one guy in the in in the rotation that i think you already mentioned it that he's a stud and then the hitters will figure it out i have no no doubt in the hitters they'll they'll get going and the blue jays are going to be dominant you might be right in saying they might hold the first place spot in the al east all year long i think they will 10 games in to game 162 
Jay's first place AL East. I saw Hinjin Ryu got placed on the 10-day IL today after his rough start yesterday. There's a guy that I'm a little bit worried about. I think he's still got two or three years left in the contract. I'm a little bit worried about Hinjin Ryu having the stamina to last this contract in the majors. Yes, that's looking shaky. I can't lie. I was hoping for like a, I think every Jays fan was hoping for like an incredible bounce back because he was struggling last year too. And we signed him as an ace, big, huge contract. And now all of a sudden he's, he might not even fit the rotation given a couple months time. If he keeps pitching the way he's pitching, but uh, 100%. I think he's a, uh, I like his personality and I like, and, and like, and he's got a huge contract. So you obviously just want him to perform like at his, the best of his abilities. But, uh, I don't know. It just, he's like, so like he'll have like two innings where he's just absolutely painting the corners, putting the ball where he wants it, throwing, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And then he'll just have two innings where it's just a train wreck. And the problem with him is he, he doesn't throw hard, right? Which that's yep. fine. If you, if you don't throw hard and you got a lot of movement on your pitches, you can paint the corners. My thing with Hinjin Ryu that scares me, he's never been a guy in his whole career that went deep in games. Even when he was the ace in LA or like playing in LA, he would go five innings and then he's out because he just can't pitch that long. And he's had so many surgeries. So now if you're a guy who doesn't have the strongest arm, doesn't throw very hard, doesn't go deep in games, that starts to become like, well, I guess he moves down to the bullpen. And then even then like a guy who's been a starter, his whole career usually does not transition over to the bullpen very well. It's just, it's a tough situation. I hope he finds it. I hope the movement comes back on his breaking balls. He's not just throwing spinners down the pipe all the time. I hope that he finds it and he's able to get it on track. A guy who I think is going to get it on track, and I'm bringing it back to Vladdy. I heard this quote on the weekend, and I think I sent it to you. This was my favorite quote, I think, from a Toronto athlete I have ever heard. And he was talking to Hazel May, and Hazel May asked him about last season. And he said, I was shocked I didn't get a first place vote in the MVP voting last year. I understand what Shohei Otani did, but I think what I did deserved a first place MVP vote. And I just I wrote the quote down because I went back and listened to it. And he said, I want the triple crown this season. I want the MVP. That is something where anybody who says individual awards aren't important to a player, it's about the team, they are dead ass wrong, dude. Vladdy wants to win because he knows if he's the triple crown leader and he wins the MVP, guess what? His team is going to win a shit ton of games. It all correlates with each other. I love that as a quote from a Toronto athlete. I don't know if you heard that quote while you were watching the game, but what do you think of Vladdy's big quote? I heard it and I think he does it. Me too. I think he does it, dude. Uh, Obviously, Otani had to get it last year just because we, you know, it's something we haven't seen in like a hundred years, right? But if that's the reason you gave it to him, and now we're going to see it every year, right? And uh, who knows if he does be- has a b- better season than he did last year anyways. But I think Otani's going to have to do It's Otani's trophy to lose at this point. I think Guerrero's the favorite, in my opinion. I'm also a fucking biased Homer Jays fan. <laughs> Me too. But I don't know. Who's more valuable to the team? I guess Shohei, I mean, he gives you innings, like, obviously, he maybe, but, dude, fucking the Angels still fucking suck at the end of the day. I can't lie, dude. Trout just got injured. I don't know if you saw that. He got pulled away, and uh, that guy cannot stay in the lineup. It's not his fault, mind you, but, like, man, unlucky. Uh, The Angels might be in shambles here. I got a hot take about Shohei Otani. Let me hear it. So, in my opinion... I know we all know what he, we saw what he did last year, right? With the bat and on the mound. If Shohei Otani 
settles in as a number three starter and does 30 homers, 100 RBIs one more time, in my opinion, he is the best baseball player of all time. And if you don't know what I mean by that, I mean, take point me out another baseball player who plays pitcher and hits and right field and is in the league leads for stats like strikeouts as a pitcher. Oh, and home runs. And he can steal a base. And he can play right. Like, this guy could do everything. If he has another just three, he's the three, four starter on LA. He goes 11 and seven. And he goes 30 homers and 100 RBIs. In my opinion, Shohei Otani is the best baseball player of all time. That's an incredible, incredibly large... That, or as the guy in the comments said it the other night on, on one of our reels, that's an absolutely nuclear take. And you know what? I, I commented back to him. I said, that's what I'm all about, baby. And I, as soon <laughs> as I said that, I thought, I got to formulate a hot take for this show. But the problem with that one is, is like, I believe it. Like, I think, like, they would even talk about, oh, Babe Ruth was, someone will be like, Babe Ruth was a pitcher and a hitter too. He never did it in the same season. If you look up Babe Ruth's stats, he was usually either a hitter or he was a pitcher. He never did both in the same season. I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. If you look it up, he... I'll believe you. I'll believe you. No, I was going to say, and that's something, we're putting it on record, so somebody go and fact check that, because I'm almost 100% certain that I've heard that before, and that I'm right on that. He is he's doing something that we've never seen before in the MLB, and if you do it two seasons in a row, you have to be talked about as the best baseball player of all time. That's just my opinion. That's my hot take on Shohei O. Tawny. Well, the thing is, I wish there was a stat that was like trustable that can kind of measure like even, I mean like, wow, dude. So if Laddie has a season where he hits like 320, 50 home runs with like over 400 on base percentage, his OPS is up near a thousand. Yep. And then Otani just has like a season that's, that is in all seriousness, in my opinion, pretty average uh, plus power like a, like he's like a good hitter you know what i'm saying like a, a slightly above average hitter plus power which makes him a good hitter yeah but like as far as like batting average what he hits like 270 normally and so if he has a season like that again he hits like 40 home runs 270 and then pitches a sub four era a three something era we'll say are those two facets better than than Guerrero, for example, putting up a 320, 50 home run season. Yeah, because because the Guerrero thing's been done before. Miguel Cabrera in 2011, 344 average, 105 RBIs. The next season, 139 RBIs, 330 average. The next season, 137 RBIs, 348 average. That's between 2011, sorry, 2010 to 2014. He absolutely ran the league with like high 300s average and 140, 130, 125 RBIs. What Vladdy's doing, like it has been done before. Right? Yes. Right? Yeah. So so it, in that in that case, to me anyways, I get what you're saying. I 100% would rather see a guy be just unbelievably phenomenal at one position than be like whatever. It, my thing with Shohei is if he hits 30 homers and has 100 RBIs and is like a subpar pitcher, that's an all-star season, right? 30 homers and 100 RBIs is usually gets you in the all-star game. So oh, Shohei- I think he had like 45 last year, didn't he? Yeah, he was, he was 
I was going to say, Vladdy had 48, and, and Shohei missed out by, what, two? So I think, yeah, he had forty somewhere between 45 and 47. Like, he had 45, 46, 47 dingers. But yeah. if he even falls off a little bit with the bat and falls off a little bit with the pitching, because he was great pitcher, great hitter last year, even if he just falls off a little bit, he's probably still an all-star, right? He's just not an MVP. I think that's... That's something to be said. If you're in the all-star game and you can go in and throw an inning and then hit a bomb and, or steal a base or something, that's something that just, I yeah, he is glad it's too, just yeah. something that he, he's just not bringing to the table. I don't know. I just think the, the big hitter, the triple crown, it's all been done before. It's just, if you get a guy who wins the triple crown and also throws 147 innings, that's, that's kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. Best player of all time though. People forget about Bartolo Colon, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy was awesome, dude. The, <laughs> the I, goat, the about, real goat. Did you hear like, so JVR's thing when, when Phil Kessel was going to play his whatever game in a row, JVR came out and said like, a lot of health and sciences people are really pissed off right now. That was like the health and science and the analytics. Everything went against Bartolo Colon. That guy's proved him wrong every year. Yeah. He wasn't in shape. He didn't look like an athlete, but God damn it, could that guy pitch the baseball? Yeah, he was an animal. <laughs> I think he was pitching in some like in, in a different league up until last year or the year before. Like the guy was still throwing balls. Like, really? Yeah, dude. If you look it up, he was playing in like like some Mexican league or a Korean league. He was playing and he was pitching in those leagues. It's like this guy cannot get enough of baseball. He's like fifty two on the mound throwing bombs still. I like it. Remember when he hit a home run? Yes. And there's a thing thing on YouTube. I'm pretty sure when he hit the home run, his helmet fell off. Like every swing he ever took, I think his helmet also his batted helmet fell off. I love Bartolo Cologne. Seeing a guy like that, um, it almost reminds me of like if you remember when the Jays had like Benji Molina. I'd love to see yeah. I loved watching Benji hit one in the gap and just run to see if he can get the second. He had a triple at one. He hit for the cycle at the Rogers Center the one time. Watching Benji Molina leg out a triple is my favorite thing of all time. So watching Bartolo Cologne do anything that that's right up my alley. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Benji Molina, that's a throwback. Wasn't he like a bullpen catcher to start out or yeah, something? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> something stupid like that. I'm pretty sure he just kind of, his name was big, right? Because he was Yachty's brother or whatever. And so he was just like a bullpen catcher. He was around the league. And then all of a sudden the Jays were like, hey, you can hit. <laughs> you can hit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. The Jays have a history of pudgy catchers between him, Deonor Navarro. They're all pudgy boys. Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk even. Yeah, I forgot about that. He's a pudgy boy behind the plate. I, lo- I, love, I love that the Jays just, they, they think about a catcher and they just think a big boy that could block the plate. I like that a lot. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of the Jays quickly though, actually, before we get out of here, because I saw it today. Uh, thoughts of prayers. Buck Martinez called his, uh, during the broadcast today, he announced that he this was going to be his last game that he's calling for a little bit while, or a little while because he's battling cancer right now he's starting treatments for uh cancer in the next week or two here thoughts of prayers from bucks on nux out to buck martinez he's a blue jays legend whether you like him or not i like buck martinez and i hope he pulls through and he calls more games this season now that they're a great team yep he's a legend he's been the voice of the blue jays since i as far as i can remember so it's not going to be the same without him i can't lie and uh jamie campbell too mm-hmm. he is uh i think he has uh leukemia yeah so yeah, two two Blue Jays, longtime Blue Jays announcers, both going through the good fight right now. Let's hope that they they make it through and we get to see them both on TV for a very long time. Like Buck Martinez said, I think they said he's in his 70s. He showed up to Toronto in 1981. It is now 2022, and he's still a member of the Blue Jays staff. It's just a big, it's a big time Blue Jays legend. He will go down on 
uh, what is it, the level of excellence, I think is what they call it at the Blue Jays yep. thing. I, he, it, when, whenever he retires, uh, he will be, Buck Martinez will be on the level of excellence, yep. and I think he deserves, well-deserved. Hopefully he has a good treatment and he's back uh, in July or August, I think they said, is the target. Yep. So hope yep. we uh, hear him again this season. That'd be awesome. And then while we're on the topic of uh, of unfortunate events, uh, Mike Bossy, I mentioned it, uh, I think it was last episode. Um, one of the GOATs, uh, arguably the best goal scorer of all time. He always gets left out of that conversation unfairly, in my opinion. But uh, he unfortunately... Uh, passed away this week so our thoughts and prayers to the family of mike bossy and uh we got the islanders game i don't know i wonder if they did a like a tribute at Scotiabank arena there because i know they i know they talked about it before the game yesterday but they're playing the islanders and he was the islanders legend so i just i would have missed it because i got it on you could probably see it in the background there but yeah mike bossy um he's also the leader for goals per game mike Bossy. yep yep if you didn't know I did. I didn't know that. I know Craig Button had a big thing about him where he was talking about how Mike Bossy was the guy who never missed the net, and they would ask him about that. And it's like he constantly was hitting the net. He his shooting percentage was through the roof. Apparently, yeah, he had he had nine consecutive fifty goal seasons, which I think is the record. And um, he's played ten seasons, um, which is shorter than most careers. But I think he had a I can't remember his injury, but he was just something like nagging at him. So. Called it, called it quits like a little bit early, but he might have, he might have been like, uh, like who knows, dude? He might have been like the best of all time. I think only his last season was the only one he didn't score fifty. Like from a rookie, I think at the time his rookie season, he set the goals, set the record for most goals by a rookie, and then the one year he got fifty and fifty, and that was the only the second time it had happened after Maurice Richard. I don't know. It seems like. It's kind of weird that like Matthews just did it the other night, and then like a few nights later, it was like you hear this news. So like maybe it was, I don't know, the hockey gods. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a tough one. T's and P's with Mike Bossy and the family. I hope the the Islanders take care of the family, do whatever they're going to do a big ceremony. I can imagine nobody will be allowed to wear. Uh, he was number ten, right? Mike Bossy, number ten. I want to say. Um, I think so. They'll retire his number, I believe, whatever number it was. Or twenty two is twenty two. Oh, was it twenty two? Yeah. What am I saying? Ten, but either either way, but uh, who's yeah. ten? Ten rings a bell. Is that Brian Trottier? I was gonna say there there is an Islanders legend that's number ten. I feel oh, like. it's Potman, wasn't it? Okay, maybe I maybe. Holy fuck! Now I gotta look. Hold on one sec. I'm gonna figure this out before. There's no way. There's I, no way. I was gonna say, and while Stewie J does that, I'm gonna talk about our Instagram page real quick because we have a take on there right now from some idiot on this show that said Austin Matthews was gonna score 82 goals in 82 games. And I got a lot of people coming up to me saying nobody in the world is going to score 80 goals. Wayne Gretzky's the only one that's ever done it. And nobody goes and looks at the stats. Brett Hall scored 86 goals in 78 games in 1990-91. Okay. Mario Lemieux scored 85 goals in 76 games. Alexander McGilney, 76 and 77. Uh, I'm just going off of guys that were basically goals per game here. Phil Esposito, 78 and 76. If you're telling me that Austin Matthews isn't in the same caliber as Mario Lemieux, who he just proved that he was scoring 51 and 50, Alexander McGilney, Brett Hall, and obviously, I mean, I'm not going to say Wayne Gretzky. That's just, that's just ignorant, but you get what I'm saying. He is in the same category of goal scorers, all those guys. So if you're going to come at me on Instagram and say all this stuff, but oh, Gretzky only did it twice. So did Brett Hall. Alex McGinley was a goal per game guy. And so was Phil Esposito. 
He is the same as all those guys. He is, by the end of his career, when somebody is my age, when I'm 55 and another 23-year-old is running a podcast, looking up stats, guess whose name's going to be all over this goddamn all-time goals list? Austin Matthews. <laughs> Get fired up. I love it. I was going to say, I had to, you know what? I'm on the, I'm in the comments and like, I always love doing like, I don't get, I don't get into it very aggressively. Like I'm never on there chirping people, like yelling at people. I always just like having a little debate, but I seen a lot of people coming at me for that take. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to defend myself on the podcast. Hopefully all you guys that are commenting on the post, getting fired up over our hot takes are also jumping over to the pod and listening. I hope so. I don't think it was a, I don't think you're crazy for saying it either. Like I thought it, I didn't know like people were, people almost got offended, dude. Dude, it was brutal. People are like, you're insane for even thinking this and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. And then some guy was like, you know what? This is why nobody wants to play for the Leafs. Like the fans just have so much expectations. I never once said, hey, if Austin Matthews doesn't score 82 goals in 82 games, he's a failure. I don't yeah. I didn't say I expect it. I just said he's the only guy in the league that could do it and that in the next two seasons, I think he does. Guess what? If he doesn't score 82 goals in 82 games, guess who's not going to give a fuck? Me. I mean, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to be like, that guy's trash. He didn't go 82 and 82. But that's what these guys are saying. They're like, Leaf fans, you guys are so unrealistic and you set such high expectations and players don't want to play there. It's like, no, I bet you Austin Matthews watches that take and thinks, I love that the boys love me this much. Like, people are yeah. fired up about me, my goal scoring, and they think I could do anything that I put my mind to. That's basically no what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I agreed with you. I said it. Yeah. You could tell me anything. You could tell me Austin Matthews can do anything in the future, and I'll believe it. Yeah. That was my that was my response to, to that take. Yeah. So, From hey, mooning I'm people in Arizona to scoring 82 goals, baby. Austin yeah, exactly. Matthews can do it all. <laughs> exactly. I don't have anything else for today in terms of the sporting worlds. I didn't watch the UFC yesterday. I know our boy Tyler did. He's probably going to have a couple takes on it. Tell us how his picks went. You got any gambling picks for tonight, Stewie? Uh, no, I don't. I actually just cashed out of uh, Bet365. They gave me the 250 bet credits just for uh, just for signing or just for moving over to the Ontario version. Deposit 10, get 250 bet credits. What is that? Free money. I made $250 out of my 250 bet credits, withdrew immediately as soon as I ran out. So Massive. I'm a smart guy. Bought some new shoes. Come on, dude. That's that I'm off the betting. I, I'm off the betting until uh, next Saturday. I I actually missed Stewie Saturday this weekend, boys. I I I, I gassed it up on last show and I just fucking blew it. So already second week. So I'll get back at it next week. I was gonna text you because I knew it hit at plus forty four thirty three the first Stewie Saturday. I was gonna text you and be like, Yo, what am I riding with with the Stewie Sats here? <laughs> like, I need I need a hit here. Like, I love it. But escape my mind, dude. I just I was just uh so pumped up that I got my free 250 bucks just rinsed bet 365. Yep. I wish I oh, I wish I was like so demonic. I just put like uh all my 250 on something crazy. That's definitely something I would do. Yeah, 100%. I got uh I got a few bets rolling tonight. I got the over six and a half in the Nashville and St. Louis game. It's already cashed on Sunday. I think it's 8-2 for St. Louis right now at the end of the second period. How are you now in overcashing in the second period? I got Milwaukee minus 10.5. I had Milwaukee first half paired with the Suns first half money line. That looks like it's going to be an all-good matchup. I got minus 10.5 for the Suns on the spread tonight. I got a parlay with the Wild and the Leafs tonight sitting at plus money. It's going to be a big night, guys. It's going to be a big, big night 
for your boy. We've already hit a bunch of bets today. The Dodgers on the money line, the over 224, the Jays first five money line, the Jays money line. It's been a big day for your boy over here gambling, and we're going to keep hitting picks and keep giving out picks on our Bucks on Nucks Instagram, on my own Instagram. Stewie Saturdays is flying. We got it all, baby. Dylan Kelly Show on Instagram is where you find your picks, right? Yep. And for a Sunday, not too bad. Can't lie. No, it's it's at this point, you got to have good Sundays or else you're just going to have a shitty Monday. Right. And everyone that's still unsettled, every bet that's still unsettled there, I guess by the time uh, the listeners hear this, uh, they'll know whether they hit or not. Exactly. Right now, as it stands, you're up pretty big money, aren't you? As it stands right at right this second, yes. If, if everything stopped right now, I'd be pretty happy and we'd be up big. But unfortunately, that's not how gambling works. While you're listening to this, go check out the scores. Listen back, what bets I had, and shoot me a comment on at Dylan Kelly Show or at Bucks on Nux Instagram. Let me know if I'm the biggest idiot in the world or maybe you followed my picks and made some money off me in the last few days. Let me know. Either way, chirp me. Give me a compliment. Either way, do it up. Unreal. I think... Uh... I think that's about good enough for today's episode. Um, we were kind of like fish out of water without our host tie here. So to keep us on track, we derailed a couple times. Probably we'll probably get some criticism from him when he listens back. But hundred uh, percent. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it. I think it's a passable episode at least. Oh, the players only. The players only show went okay. Our captain, our leader, our host. He's back next week. He'll keep <laughs> it on the rails. I'm, I'm a. I, you know what? We're, I'm a big rant guy. I know you enjoy the odd rant too. So you know what? The fact that we were able to keep a little bit of a structure throughout the show, I think, is a is a positive all around. And it honestly surprised the shit out of me. Let's hear it. What's what's Ty's uh what's Ty's outro? You gotta be cool or be careful. No, 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 no. I don't actually have it up. I I I just heard it immediately and knew that wasn't it. But I get it. Here, 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 here. I'll I'll end the show. Ready, in honor of our man, Tyler Demera, our host, the glue guy. If you can't be cool, be careful. And if you can't be good, be good at it. Damn right. Yeah.